Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Wiregrass High School Football Report, brought to you by the radio people. I am your host, Philip Jordan, the in-studio host and producer for Dothan Woods Football on I-6.9, The Legend. This is the final all-season special. So next time you see this podcast, the show is going weekly. That will be second week in August, like I did last year, a week or two before the season actually kicks off. Kind of do some previews there. Going to talk to some coaches as to plan. And the show will be the same as what last year. Experts, local experts coming on the show. And you'll hear from the voices of Dothan Wolves and other people as well. Jerry Coleman, Ken Lambert. And you'll also hear from coaches once again here on the show. So really excited about the season coming up. I'm really excited getting back into the routine of doing this thing weekly again. And talk to you guys. The high school football fans in the Wiregrass. Really, really looking forward to doing that. Now, today's show, I'm going to be joined by Josh Boutwell from the Southeast Sun. Of course, you guys remember he was a regular during Season 1 of the show. Uh, we're going to be talking about several different things to ask him as someone covering sports, how it was like covering sports with sports not going on. We'll also look at what a coach is saying, what is in the area that he covers, like Enterprise, Delville, and New Brighton. Uh, what are they saying about the upcoming season? And we'll discuss the Alabama High School Athletic Association coming out with their return to play plan guidelines we'll go over that as well so some pretty good stuff to talk about here on the show and we're sure we'll talk about some of the teams he covers there at southeast sun as well so really looking forward to that and i'll let you guys know you can find this podcast on apple Podcasts, uh, google play uh, you can find it on the apps for a uh, 95.5 wtvy 96.9 the legend and a uh, kmx 106.7 as well before we do that i'm going to tell you guys about one of our other podcasts here at the radio people and then we'll jump into my conversation with josh boutwell from the southeast sun bethany you can listen to every weekday from 10 to 2 on 106.7 kmx gets you through the workday she also has a podcast called welcome to the wiregrass bethany's now been in the south for over a year now this podcast is for you if you're new to the area been here for a few years or your whole life you'll still learn something new about the wiregrass she interviews a new person from the community every week on the latest episode, Bethany is joined by Ann Cotton from the Culture Arts Center. She updates us on upcoming events and changes since the pandemic. Bethany has a new episode out every Monday. You can listen to Welcome to the Wiregrass on the KMX app, WKMX.com, or download for free at the Google Play Store or Apple Podcasts. Now, back to the Wiregrass High School Football Report. Everybody joining me on this off-season edition of the Wiregrass High School Football Report is Josh Bout, with Southeast Sun Sports Editor. And, uh, Josh, uh, good to good to talk to you, and uh, glad you could come back on the show. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been meaning to reach out to you, and uh, I'm glad we could do this. Uh, some good news, uh, positive news, I guess, for us. Hoping, wondering if we we're going to have a high school football season uh, this uh, come out this past week. Of course, you guys over at the Southeast Sun. Uh, kept everybody updated on all that but i did not want to lead with that uh something i wanted to lead with of course i told you this off air before we got going uh how's it been uh being a sports editor covering sports when there has not been sports to talk about um tough (laughs) (laughs) uh it's probably been a little bit different for me than a lot of others because um as the pandemic happened, we had two reporters that quit at the same time. So, um, I've been thrown into doing general news too, and trying to keep a sports page going. So it's, it's, it's been definitely interesting. Um, it's been mainly just doing features, trying to come up with stuff really until youth sports started back. But, uh, it's, 
not the worst thing. Yeah, I, I've been seeing that as you are doing some regular news uh, items as well. Uh, how was that like going from doing mostly sports and then you have to jump in and cover those other kind of things? I, it really wasn't a big deal for me. Um, I used to work for the Ledger and I had to do other stuff there. When I was at the end of the or I did other stuff for them too. So I was kind of used to it. Um, it. Not my favorite thing to do, especially <laughs> when my stories are about COVID-19, but uh, I'm got to do what you got to do. That's it. That's it. And uh, it's been, I think it's been a great opportunity for journalism around, especially on the sports side, being creative, you know, different things. And actually I think, you know, during, here in our country it's been something that's been interesting what people have been put out and i have the utmost respect for everybody radio people in newspaper websites has been able to con- consistently put out content when there's no sports to talk about that's that's a it, it can seem challenging but if you're creative enough you can pull it off yeah it's kind of giving everybody a, kind of a chance to get creative a little bit and, and pivot and try and do different things maybe you wouldn't do usually Especially yeah. during the spring when we were usually covering baseball, softball, everything like that. Uh, so you had to you had to kind of come up with some stuff. Absolutely. Uh, and then talking about the Southeast Sun, I was like I told you off air. I was reading some of your recent articles you have over there. Uh, one of them that really caught my attention was one where you talked with some of the coaches. Of course, Enterprise Rick Darlington, New Broughton Zach Holmes, and Delville's Desmond Lett, and they all have interesting comments. Just talking to with them uh what are some big things you have heard them them say about getting ready for a season and are they optimistic about the season um i think those three uh, all of them kind of felt fairly confident this whole time that we would at least have some semblance of a of a season i think um there's definitely been some thought that maybe we wouldn't finish or obviously it'd be altered um and honestly almost every coach I've talked on assistants, head coaches, whatever, have been very adamant that they think that we should have football. Now, there's been a couple that are kind of iffy about it, but that's been more off the record type of stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's, I think everyone was kind of confident down the stretch. It felt like they were going to have it. I know uh, some of them had, have had problems with just getting kids there just because, you know, I guess, you know, got some family, maybe, a little bit wary about going and working out and things like that. But for for example, for enterprise, I mean, all through summer workouts, virtually everyone was there almost every day. They, they, they had it rocking pretty well. So new Brockton. Yeah. You know, it, and uh, the article too, and I noticed this a lot, you know, talking about why they need football. And you've heard this also at the college level too, um, and all over the state with coaches, why they need football. And it seems like, with all three, especially there, they all were had the common thinking like, you know, kids, a lot of them, they keep going to school because of sports and it helps them working with others. How important it is for the kids, I guess, also probably gives, you know, maybe for structure and all that kind of stuff, how that, while that's important uh, for there to be football. Yeah, that's something I think a lot of people, because you, you know, you'll see a lot of people saying that we shouldn't be worried about sports. That's not the big thing right now. The health is a big thing. Of course it is, for sure. But they don't take into account that there are a lot of kids that go to school to play sports. They go to class because they know they have to go to class 
to be able to be eligible to play. They make good grades because they need to be eligible to play. Um, also, and it's kind of maybe some people say well, that's not really that important, but to me it is very much so, and to the kids it very much so is, and to the coaches. These seniors, like an LZ Leonard Enterprise or a, um, a Julius Noble at New Brockton, who are good enough to play at the next level, but maybe at the JUCO level or a smaller school, a lot of those JUCOs and smaller schools, they really don't even start recruiting until your senior year. And if you don't have that senior film to show, then you're really behind the eight ball and you may not get a chance to get a scholarship. And 90% of these kids need a scholarship if they're going to go to college most of the time, honestly. Yeah, that, that's where I was about to go with that because it's so pivotal for them uh, for for college. I mean, I guess a lot of people just don't think about that. So they're just playing the game, but it's the how the game of football sets up their future, uh, where they're able to do things maybe they wouldn't be able to without the sport. One hundred percent. And like I said, if you don't have that film, mm-hmm. they can't come see you because we didn't have a spring where maybe guys would be coming to campuses. We didn't have very many camps or workouts at uh, colleges during the summer because it wasn't allowed. There's been a few here in the last com- combines in the few last few weeks, but not many. And, I mean, it's, it really is a trickle-down effect, too, because the colleges, especially the smaller ones, they need these kids. They need to be able to find them. They need to look for them. And um, also, and this is a completely different thing, but people don't realize the impact if we don't have football in college – what that means for all the other sports. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a big deal, whether people want to admit it or not, it is. Yeah, I think a lot of people had not realized before all this that, you know, of course, this high school football podcast, but college football wise, college football pays for the rest of them. And if college, college football doesn't have a season, and that has a big impact on high school football as well, because. You know, you'll think, okay, man, if college not playing, maybe high school doesn't play, and all that, all that stuff matters. I mean, and then you're looking at if you don't have a football season, you're talking about kids getting a scholarship. Then you're saying these seniors, their last film was as juniors, and you don't yeah. know uh, they the development that can come from a junior to a senior because these players are still developing is huge within that year. So without that year, they're really missing out on something huge as well, getting those scholarships. Oh, 100%. Just body-wise, if you look at some of these guys from their junior year to their senior year, it's jaw-dropping how they've been able to change. And, yeah, they, um, a lot of them didn't get as much with it with the spring not being there to develop, but – you know, working out over the summer and everything like that, you do develop, you do get better, and you're going to continue to grow, and those teams won't be able to see that, and that's definitely puts everybody everybody behind the eight ball. Yeah, and interesting when you talk about getting film out and players being seen, uh, Coach Desmond led at Delville, uh, he had some interesting comments about that in your piece you wrote, and he talked about how the juniors from last year – they didn't really get seen a lot because usually the film or the person that was getting the attention was Jalen White, which great year last year. He deserved all the attention he got. But he was talking about how big it will be for these guys to have a season so those players that were juniors last year going into their senior year can get proper film and get properly looked at by colleges. Yeah, you're talking about a guy that made up 99% of – the offense, offensive production, and he was also one of the main guys that would pop out on the defensive side of the ball when you watch that film. But there was guys like uh, Sincere McKenzie who 
is very good. Has played for this will be his fourth year's on varsity. Um, and he didn't pop out as much when you would watch that film because you'd see that number twenty five. You're like, whoa, who's this guy? Yeah. But this was going to be the year for guys like Sincere and like Miles Paris and others, just their chance to kind of be the guy that teams can look at and say, hey, this guy can help us out. You know, you hear at the college level about spring football. When you talk to any coaches, and not just, you know, Coach Darlington, Coach Holmes, or Coach Slate, any coaches at all that you've talked to, has the spring thing been th- been mentioned? Have they said anything about it? If that were to happen, if, you know, things got worse and they weren't able to play in the fall about potentially playing in spring? Uh, I, I've talked to them. Coach Lett kind of mentioned that, you know, maybe that will be a possibility. But uh, I, I haven't talked to anyone that thought it would be a good idea. I think it's a horrendous idea. You cannot ask kids to go out there in February, March, April and play and then, all right, turn around. We're going to get ready to play again in August. I mean, it's, it's impossible. It's not going to happen. I, to me, I don't think it can happen. I don't think it should happen. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I've I've opposed that in college and high school level since people have brought it up for multiple reasons. Uh, one, let's just say you had a senior that pretty much knew, you know, he was had himself set up after his junior year. He knew he was going to play college ball somewhere. You think he's going to play in the spring and take a chance to get hurt and can't play next fall? No, he he may just say I'm not playing. And then and then who else it hurts if we do the spring deal? And this is a college school thing here too. You got guys that throughout the state that do early enrollment and they're not going to play for their high school team if they're early enrolled but then if college is playing in the spring then they miss out on that that spring evaluation so spring spring football has so many things that can actually hurt the game more than it can help it i 100 agree it's like everything else we've been talking about it's kind of a trickle down yeah it affects every part of the game. um like i think for the most part, I think most kids, at least at the high school level, probably would play. Um, but then at the same time, you got a kid like, say, Josh McCray, who has SEC offers and big Power 5 school offers. What if he tears his ACL in, in March? Mm-hmm. Is that offer from Tennessee going to still be there? Is that offer from Kentucky going to still be there? You just, there's no for sure thing. And then also, the college level, is Trevor Lawrence going to play in March or April, knowing that he's about to get gra- uh, get drafted in April and make $10 million and, and, and risk tearing his ACL or anything else? Of course not. No, it's just – it's and, the, and that's ignoring the health aspects of asking to, to play into the summer and then right back start over. It's just it's not a good idea. Yeah, yeah, because we're all so focused, too, on football nowadays about, you know, safety and the health of players – and so you're kind of contradicting yourself. You try to ask these kids to play in the springtime, then turn around again and go play in the fall. I mean, the the body has to have time to heal, and that's not giving them the proper time to do so. Uh, talking about the impacts, of course, we have seen other states around us, uh, Florida and Georgia, uh, especially Georgia is saying they're delaying and maybe some issues in Florida as well. I know Dothan – They've had to do some rescheduling. They're now playing Hoover. They were supposed to play uh, Bainbridge to kick off the season, which that's not going to happen because, like I said, Georgia pushing the season back two weeks. But Enterprise, they've, they've kind of got this issue, too, with uh, two of the games against Florida. Uh, they had uh, against uh, Miami. 
Somerset Academy in Navarre later on in the season. Uh, any news on that front you've heard with Enterprise on their scheduling? Uh, not outside of confirming that those games are for sure canceled. Um, there had been a lot of hope that at the very least they could maybe possibly get in that Navarre game later on in the season. But with Florida pushing back the start of their season, that it was impossible. So right now Enterprise is look, actively looking for uh, teams to fill in that hole, but they have not uh, got lined anybody up yet from what I've been told. And I asked Friday. Yeah, that's going to be interesting uh, with these schedules. I usually, this time of year, I like to go find the schedules and look at them, but I'm like, do I need to do that right now? <laughs> because I don't know, uh, especially the non-region stuff, uh, what's going to be going on. I mean, like I said, Dothan's going to play Hoover, and there's uh, other schools that have Georgia opponents, have Florida opponents, so it's going to be interesting how they handle uh, all that and uh, these schedules shake out and maybe get some better interesting matchups than we may have had before. And, you know, lastly, I wanted to talk about, of course, on Thursday, the uh, Alabama High School Athletic Association uh, detailed their return to play for fall sports. And there was a lot of interesting things I saw in there. And uh, I've got it pulled up right here in front of me. Uh, some of the things, of course, get the first one, extending both sides of the field, the team box, the players uh, at the 10-yard line instead of 25. Obviously, they want to do social distancing there and I mean you're talking about this off air I guess another one that really stuck out to me too was the two minute maximum on timeouts and as I mean you were discussing of course heat timeouts early in the year as well uh, these games are people need to uh, probably be ready and expect these to be longer games than what they're used to yeah without question I think the the timeouts is probably what's going to stand out most to everyone um it's going to it's going to make for some longer games um but Honestly, I'm for anything that gets us closer to playing. I think definitely the, the extending the box was kind of a no-brainer, simple thing they could do. I think that was a good idea. Um, I think the only other major thing is the uh, thing is one person, one captain for the uh, for the coin toss, which I think probably makes sense too. Probably going to see a lot of people or a lot of schools at least. Um, Keeping the sidelines kind of clean in terms of, you know, a lot of times you'll see school board members, superintendents, uh, nosy reporters off the sideline <laughs> as much as possible. Yeah, about that. You bring that up about reporters being on the sideline and other people. I mean, I know this has just came out Thursday, so obviously this is still fresh. We're recording this on a Sunday afternoon. But has there been or, or do you think – think there'll be any limitations on any kind of media photographers anything like that being on the sideline uh, i think it's going to be up to the schools i know um the age they considers media part of the kind of i guess you call the essential part of like the actual teams not like an outsider so i don't think there's going to be any issues it'll probably just go to the of the school boards. I have not been told that I'm not going to be allowed <laughs> to be on the sideline or anything, though, for sure. Yeah, and that's really that's a big thing, too, for photographers. You see several on sidelines of games. I mean, all, at all of these games. So that that's interesting to me. I mean, me, I'm, I'm in a radio studio <laughs> as producer, but just kind of thinking of people I know that are photographers and stuff like that, that's – it's, it's going to be interesting with that. And, of course, fan the fan element. You kind of wonder 
what's going to be the steps there? I mean, obviously they're going to let fans in, but will the process of getting into the stadium as a fan is going to be interesting how they go about doing that? Yeah. Oh, man. These superintendents are earning their money right now. I'll say <laughs> that. Um, it's, they, it really is kind of – it almost seems like kind of at every level people kind of say, okay, well, the state says, okay, we're going to let – the HSA decide it, and the HSA says we're going to let the school board decide it. So it's just kind of – it kind of falls to the, to the schools, and um, it's going to be interesting to see how each one – comes up with their solution because I think we're probably going to get into a situation where just about everybody has maybe a little bit different. Um, probably masks, I'm sure, obviously, yeah. will probably be a part of it and maybe trying to keep one entrance, one exit, something like that. I don't know. Um, maybe trying to not clog up as many hallways or uh, pathways with people trapped in. And who knows? Maybe some schools will put a limit on. We're going to say, you know, half capacity or we're going to say people from different households have to be six feet apart like they did at graduations and it's going to be interesting for sure i tell you what's going to probably be like a really culture shock for coaches and players and i when i saw this and it's going to be a couple of weeks they're going to be it's because they're in the habit of doing this at the end of the game before the game that's the handshake coaches shaking each other's hand players doing the same thing that uh, interaction between opposing teams you got friend on the other side and stuff like that the fact that they won't be doing that, I think that's going to be – I would imagine that's going to make coaches feel a little bit weird, players as well, just because that's tradition. That's what you do at the end of a football game. And not being able to do that, just, okay, it's over. Let's go to the locker room. That's going to be kind of, I think, a weird feeling for them, I would have to think. Yeah, without question. It's kind of part of the whole thing where, like, everything's really changing right now. And yeah, you know, that's always kind of been – that is maybe if you if you don't shake hands at the end of the game you're being disrespectful but now it's kind of required so it's, it's definitely different yeah and you know real quick before we get out of here kind of a little bit more on the field stuff because we i think we've we've spent this whole conversation talking about uh what the season's going to look like and all this stuff going on around it but uh, 7A Region 2 is going to be fun. Of course, Dothan's coming into 7A uh, Region 2, so the Enterprise. And Dothan game is not just a, a rivalry game, just two local teams playing each other. It's going to be a lot for the region. And, you know, Josh, I've been looking over this region. you got Auburn, Central Phoenix City, new head coach for them, Patrick Nix. Of course, we just mentioned Dothan Enterprise. Jeff Davis, Prattville is always pretty good. Smith Station. This is this is going to be we get the full season. This is going to be an interesting season with this region because I feel like there's a good team that's not going to make the playoffs somewhere in there because all of these teams look like I mean not all of them, but most of these teams are pretty good teams that were playoff bound last year. Yeah, I know it's I mean could could they have not found a, a more tough division to be in? <laughs> um <laughs> Honestly, just kind of looking on paper, I think possibly every one of these teams are, are playoff quality. I know Smith Station, I've been hearing a lot of buzz about them and, and some of the kids they got coming in this year. It's it's going to be fun for sure. It's going to be tough for everyone involved. And I don't envy these coaches having to come up uh, with game plans every week, but I know I'm going to enjoy watching it. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be fun going into these these games every single week. Because look, you see, you talking about teams. You had like you had five of these teams were in playoffs last year: Auburn, Central Phoenix City, Dothan, Enterprise, and Prattville. Of course, Dothan 
was down in 6A last year when they did that. So you got uh, teams that are used to winning. So it's going to be fun. Uh, I, I equate it to the SEC. It's going to be a tough matchup for everybody uh, every single week. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, the Dothan Enterprise game uh, will have a lot more meaning to it other than just a rivalry game. It'll be a big game in region standings as well. And uh, Josh, I do appreciate uh, you coming on this offseason edition of the show. I'm sure we'll talk several times during the season, but if the listeners want to follow you online, where can they find you? Uh, you can find us at www.southeastsun.com. Follow me on Twitter, Josh Battlesun. All right, sounds good, Josh. Once again, I appreciate the time as always, and I look forward to talking to you again sometime down the road. I appreciate it anytime. It's that time of year again. Dothan Wolves football is here, and every Friday night you can stay tuned on 96.9 The Legend with Jerry Coleman, Ken Lambert, and myself bring you all the action. The Dothan Wolves will kick off the season on August 21st when they take on Hoover on the road in a 7A clash. That's right. The Dothan Wolves are in 7A now. Last year the storyline was merging of two schools. This season, how would the Wolves fare when they head to 7A? It's going to be an exciting season with the Wolves. You can Check out all the action every Friday night on 96.9 The Legend. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Wiregrass High School Football Report. Once again, thanks to Josh Batwell for coming on the show. Of course, we'll talk to Josh a few times during the season, talk about the teams he covers there for the Southeast Sun in the Enterprise area. So uh, really looking forward to the upcoming season. going to be fun, Dothan and Enterprise being in the same region uh, this upcoming season. A little bit more added to the rivalry uh, with that element added in. Uh, you could follow me on pretty much all social media at PJordanSEC. Uh, like I said, this podcast is on the apps for WKMX 16.7, 96.9 The Legend, and 95.5 WTVY, and you can download a podcast free on Apple Podcasts and on the Google Play Store and on Apple Podcasts. If you leave a review, it's very important, leave a review and I will read it on a future edition of the show. Really love hearing feedback, so I'm always happy to read those comments. Hey, critique or not, good or bad, I will read it. I will read what you say, as long as there's no vulgarity in there, but I will read your comments anyway it's going to be back about the second week in august that's when we go in weekly once again really looking forward to that it's going to be a lot of fun this football season i can really feel it's going to be a different football season because everything going on with the pandemic and everything but uh should be plenty to discuss i'm looking forward to it and uh, i hope everybody's staying safe uh does the right things take care of each other let's love each other as well we'll stay positive uh with everything negative going around us in the world but anyway guys i'm going to get out of here i hope y'all have a a great week and uh, i'll talk to you in a couple weeks bye-bye